This is Tools of the Podcast Trade, where you can learn about the tools and resources you can use to start and grow your podcast. Tune in each week as we talk about the help you need to remove the mystery from podcasting so you can become a successful podcaster that can reach your audience where they are. My guest today is Andrew Murdoch, business YouTube strategist. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. I, it's my pleasure to have you. So before we get into what you do, could you tell us who is Andrew Murdoch? I am a digital nomad. I've been traveling the world since 2018. Uh, COVID uh, certainly uh, created some problems for me, but uh, luckily being location independent actually turned out to be a massive advantage during that time. And I am also the founder of YT Era. We are a YouTube marketing firm that specializes in done-for-you services for businesses. Okay. All right. Thanks for sharing that with us. So um, YouTube strategist, you're a goldmine for a podcaster, right? <laughs> I certainly like to think so. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, my my impression is that uh, I'm not a podcast host uh, myself right now. I used to host uh, various live streams back in the day. Uh, on the YouTube platform. And in, from what I can tell, uh, podcasting is not showing any signs of slowing down anytime soon. I'm sure you know that better than most. And what I've come to realize is it's kind of shocking, actually, how many podcasts uh, do not have a presence on the YouTube platform. When I really started digging into this, I thought this was a little fascinating because simply because you you can go anybody can Google this and you're going to come across multiple surveys and data that proves that uh, the YouTube platform is actually the number one choice for podcast listeners. So mm. I always, I, I, I find it quite shocking when a podcast, it's a, it's a lot of, and I'm sure you can speak to this, Jen, it's a lot of work and effort and resources for content creation, especially when it's high quality content, whether it's the, the content itself or production quality. Um, you, it, it, there, there's a lot of effort involved. So in my humble view, a podcast host is simply just shooting themselves in the foot when they're not on the number one discoverability platform on the planet. And that's YouTube. Yeah. Yes. I have to agree with you from day one, when I started podcasting, I didn't know anything about YouTube that much. And I was recording videos as well as audio. So I, I think, you know, yeah, I kind of saw that one coming somehow. <laughs> that was a God thing. But um, okay, so why, why then should businesses use YouTube? I understand why podcasts are one, but why should a business bother with YouTube? Yeah, great question. And I mean, I'd like to think that every podcast host out there is is treating their podcast as a business. Uh, in maybe maybe in the earlier days, uh, a host might treat it more like a hobby before they are able to gain some traction, gain some momentum, and monetize their audience. And I totally understand that. But um, but what I'd like to tell businesses and my clients is that they can should consider YouTube and like a mini business within inside their existing business. Now, why should we treat it like that? Well. Um, we all, every business, every entrepreneur at the end of the day, globally share the same pain point with, when it comes to putting their brand in front of the perfect prospect at the perfect time, 
we all struggle with that mission. And the idea here is that you want to you want to pair, you want to marry that struggle, that pain point with the perfect solution. And <clears throat> clearly I'm biased, but YouTube, in my view, is the perfect solution because the YouTube AI, YouTube switched to an AI model back in 2013. I know a lot of people are AI crazy these days, but I've been using AI for years. It's called YouTube. <laughs> and uh, ever since they switched to that AI model, their, their discoverability has just skyrocketed. So why, why would you want to pair or include YouTube into your overarching marketing strategy? Well, the YouTube AI obsesses 24-7, 365 on putting the perfect video in front of the perfect viewer at the perfect time. So in my humble view, that seems like a match made in heaven. If your uh, business is not currently leveraging uh, YouTube marketing in your overarching marketing and sales strategies, then you're absolutely leaving money on the table. Uh, your competitors are uh, attracting the attention of your ideal audience when you're not when you don't have a presence on that platform. Uh, and then to build off of that, I have to mention this. If we have two businesses, okay, two businesses, all things being equal, let's say business A is using YouTube and business B decided that YouTube is a waste of money. It's not worth their effort. Okay. Let's say both businesses are identical. They're in the same niche. They have the same number of employees. They have the same kinds of prospects and clients. They have the similar products and services, all things being equal. But again, business A has a YouTube channel. I would bet serious money that business A will be around three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, whereas business B, it's hit or miss. Why? Because every single time a business creates YouTube video content, especially when it's strategically designed in an evergreen capacity, you've now successfully cloned your brand, cloned your business, cloned yourself. I consider YouTube videos more like clones. And those clones, they're working for you 24-7, 365. So even though both of these businesses, going back to our example, have the exact same number of employees or team members, business A has clones that are working for themselves 24-7, 365, building their brand, building their presence, their authority, their reach, their influence. Whereas business B, they don't have any clones and there's only so many hours in the day and your sales staff can only make so many calls and your sales staff can only send out so many emails. But when you leverage a, a program, a system that's working for you 24-7, 365, there's a compounded um, factor there that you need to take into account. And if you're publish, hitting the publish button at least once a week, well, geez, by the end of the year, you have 52 clones working for you 24-7. Business B doesn't stand a chance. Right. So that's how I look. Yeah, absolutely. I love that too, because a lot of times an entrepreneur is working, they said, I wish I could clone myself. Start a YouTube channel. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Absolutely amazing. I love it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is something. And that is very eye-opening, I think. Maybe not just for business, but for podcasters, especially those who are looking to break out. Right? Exactly. And, I mean, there's there's a lot of... I've had the pleasure of of, uh, interviewing a couple of human behavior scientists over the years. And it's no secret, it's no secret at all that the majority of human communication since the beginning of time is nonverbal. And that's why, I mean, once upon a time, 
text was the number one form of content medium consumed. And then it transitioned into images, still images. And then it transitioned into video. Video is the number one form of content consumed today. And there's no evidence that suggests that that's going to change anytime soon. One day it may change to mm-hmm. AR or VR, but both of those technologies are built off of video. Yes. I feel really, I feel really bad for people that are relying solely on audio only conversation or communication or text only communication. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I feel like those people, their, their days are numbered because if you're planning on being in business for three years or longer, and you're not creating video content, the preferred medium of communication, then yeah, you're, you're going to restrict your audience size drastically. Yeah. Right. Yeah, true. Because the thing with podcasting in audio format, not everyone in the world will have access to all those platforms, right? But everyone in the world has access to YouTube. That's a solid way to put it. I love how you said that because more and more people are gaining access to the internet by the day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the cost of, 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 of uh, some, some experts actually are saying that access to the internet should be a human right, which I fully support. And I don't think anyone would, uh, would, would fight that premise. But more and more people are accessing the internet. And like you said, everyone has access to YouTube. So you, and the thing that, that I've come to realize over the years is that when you need to search for content, you're going to go to Google. But anytime someone wants to learn about something, a new skill or answer a specific question, nine times out of 10, hell, 99 times out of 100, they're going to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is quite interesting. Um, Can you tell us um, what is the number one strategy that a small business could use to get monetized on YouTube? Oh, wow. Number one strategy. Um, Well, there are, make no mistake, there are dozens of ways you can monetize a YouTube channel, and I help businesses achieve that every day. Uh, when you can turn a marketing expense, like ad spend, if you can reduce that to zero and then convince some of these platforms to pay you for the privilege of putting a, a spotlight on your business, well, that's just going to make you more sustainable. How many times are you going to want to do that? You're going to want to do that seven days a week, right? Um, I know yeah. I know of a business, I know of a very sexy, sexy business. They sell office furniture <laughs> and they were spending $30,000 a month in ad spend. They have since reduced that $30,000 bill to zero and they now have YouTube paying them $30,000 a month in ad revenue. So anytime a business can reduce an expense to zero and turn it into an additional revenue stream, that's just going to make you far more resilient when uh, market outside market factors uh, perhaps will have negative impacts on your business, right? Yeah. Every business should be striving for additional revenue streams. Yes. So going back to your question specifically, though, for like a smaller podcast host or a smaller uh, business owner, smaller entrepreneur, uh, the number one top tip I can give you is, well, you have an entire film studio in your pocket. There's really no excuse. There really isn't. I, I hate to you know, bring out the, the tough love here, but sometimes <laughs> it's required. Um, there's absolutely nothing preventing you from grabbing the phone out of your pocket, holding it up horizontally, not vertically. You can always edit a video horizontally and to make it vertical content, but it's really difficult going the other way around. So hold your phone horizontally. And if you're holding it close enough to you, a lot of these phones have amazing mics on them. If you have 
have the phone set too far away from you, obviously you're going to want to think about audio quality. But if you're creating content with your phone just an arm length away, the camera is fantastic. The audio will be fantastic. Make sure you're well lit. Honestly, that's the best advice I can give a smaller entrepreneur. So just keep producing. Yeah, just hit the record button. Yeah, I think the yeah. biggest, like if, if now I'm not giving you one answer, I'm giving you multiple answers, but the number one struggle, challenge, obstacle that I see people uh, need to overcome, it's the fear. It's the fear of putting themselves out there because everyone has a film studio in their pocket. So what's the thing that's preventing them from putting themselselves out there? It's fear. And the the best advice I have for anyone is think about your ideal client. Think about your customer. Think about all the people out there that are struggling with different pain points that your business specifically addresses and get yourself out of your mind and put yourself in their shoes. Think about those ideal clients and customers and think about what will happen to their lives if they don't learn of you and your business and your brand and your podcast. Think about how many years of struggle you're going to help them avoid by putting yourself out there. Um, I find when you get out out of yourself and and put yourself in that frame of mind, then the the fear of hitting the record button goes away, and then it's a lot more, it's a lot easier hitting the record button. And then at that point, once you hit come o- overcome that fear of hitting the record button, then it's just getting consistent. Put it in on your cal, cal- <clears throat> excuse me calendar, marking off that time on your calendar for content creation and treating it as seriously as if you were meeting with a client because it's an important part of your job these days with content creation and pumping content on a regular basis, just like you are right now with this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Wow. That's, that's a lot to unpack and it's a lot of value, valuable information. And I appreciate you um, because you are top level where this is concerned. And I, I appreciate my audience will appreciate this. So thank you. So how can a business um, leverage collaboration? I do see some um, YouTubers talking about collaborating with brands and stuff like that. How can, you know, someone who has a YouTube channel leverage collaboration with these brands? Yeah, that's a re- yeah, that's a really great question. I love that question because collaborations is one of the easiest ways a smaller YouTube channel can grow in, uh, in an above average rate. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Now, you, you, you mentioned a couple little things there that I can unpack. Uh, a collaboration with a brand, that would be considered more like a brand deal than, okay. rather than a collaboration. Okay. So l- let's, say, let's say you've built up a sizable audience and it's a very targeted audience, and you use certain products or services in your own brand, in your own business, in your own company. Mm-hmm. Well, you may want to reach out to that brand, or perhaps they've already reached out to you because you've already built up a sizable audience, and they'll want you to review their product and service in exchange for some kind of fee, right? They mm-hmm. want access to the eyeballs that you control, so you would charge them a fee to do a brand deal Either you're reviewing a product or service and you're inserting it into one of your videos, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and or or I should say it's the entire video per se, or you're you're actually promoting their product or service. Like let's say they're a VPN. So then you agree to talk about their VPN for 30 seconds and you insert that into one of your videos. Okay. So that would be okay. considered a brand deal. And absolutely it is an additional revenue stream for your business. It typically won't kick in until you have a sizable audience. If you can prove that you have at least, let's say, a thousand viewers 
on a right on a daily or monthly basis on a very targeted niche, then that that brand may see value in paying you for that brand deal because they want their their brand to be exposed in front of that targeted audience, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally put a lot more value in viewers than subscribers. Uh, a lot of people mistakenly put a lot of value in subscribers. I think that's a mistake because someone could obviously hit the subscribe button and never watch any of your videos. So it's really more of a vanity metric at the end of the day. If you're tracking your daily and monthly views, as long as those views are going up on a regular basis on a, on a long enough timeframe, then you can show a brand that you have influence, that you, you control a certain amount of authority in that space. Right. So that's brand. A collaboration would be an example of something that you're actually, you're, what you do is you reach out to another YouTube channel with a very similar type audience. They could be a direct competitor or mm-hmm. they could be what I would refer to as a comparable, somebody that isn't direct competition to you, but they have a very similar audience. Now, in that situation, it is much more likely that you'll get responses from people than if you're direct competition. I would still encourage you to reach out to direct competitors and ask if they would be interested in doing a a collaboration. Mm -hmm. I uh, argue that uh, that a rising tide raises all ships approach is is going to be a win 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 scenario. It's going to be a a win for you, a win from them for them and a win for the viewer at the end of the day. Unfortunately, we do live in a world where there's a lot of people out there with scarcity mentalities. Mm-hmm. And they're going to shut you down and say, no, I don't want to do a collaboration with you. You're my direct competitor. And I think that's really short-sighted of them. Don't fall victim to that short-sighted mentality. I would encourage you to think abundantly and think that rising tide raises all ships uh, mentality because the more collaborations you do with people with similar, similar type audiences, the yes. faster you and them will grow. It's not an, a net, uh, it's a net positive uh relationship okay it, it you're you're never going to need to worry about um oh you know we're taking business from you or you're taking right. business from us i think that's the wrong approach but also obviously that's the world we live in so it, you stand a better chance of getting responses from people if you isolate youtube channels that have a similar audience that are, are perhaps not the direct competition so how do you find that well you already know what your product and service addresses Figure out what problems your clients and customers are dealing with before they reach your stage and after they're done with your stage. Because now you find you reach out to those YouTube channels that provide products and solutions for, for clients at different um, aspects of the journey, of their, their development journey. Uh-huh. And, you, and you can clearly say, hey, I'm not your direct competition because I'm serving clients after they're done with your service or before uh, they even start your service. Right. And then they'll be much more likely to do a collaboration. And there are dozens and dozens of ways you can do collaborations with one another. You can get together, physically to get together and create a couple of YouTube videos. One goes on your channel, one goes on their channel and have each video point to the other one. Or if it's more of a like a podcast scenario, like the like the kind of audience you serve, well, I'll be a guest on your pa- podcast, you be a guest on my podcast, and we'll point to the other episodes so that we can right. get a data relationship between these two episodes. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a really powerful scenario because a lot of people mistake don't understand that only ten percent of the views generated on the YouTube platform globally are a direct result from the search algorithm. Seventy five percent are a direct result from the recommendation algorithms. There's two of them, mm. browse features and suggested. 
So if you're able to establish a data relationship with your YouTube channel and another YouTube channel, once someone watches a video on their channel, YouTube goes, oh, there's a similar relationship here between the viewers on both channels. So once someone sees a video on their channel, the next time they go into YouTube, all of a sudden, when they're going through scrolling through their suggested column, they might see two, three, four videos from your channel because YouTube has established a data relationship between the two channels. That gets a little technical, but anyway, it, it is a powerful uh, way to grow your channel. And I assure you doing collaborations will accelerate those results. Yes, I could see how that would work. And I would think um, an example would be like a podcast host who is in hosting platform collaborating with a podcaster exactly right? oh yeah. yeah yeah that's a no-brainer yeah okay especially yeah. those podcasts both of those podcasts are serving a similar audience yeah you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to do a collaboration with a very different audience that would be a waste of both of your time if right. you're if you're in the gardening niche then you're not going to want to collaborate with a gamer and vice versa right. gotcha okay thank you so what is andrew grateful for today what am I grateful for today? I'm grateful for mm-hmm. the sun because I'm currently in Costa Rica and it's rainy season. And right now, I, it's a difficult time to schedule some. Sometimes it's a little frustrating when I book these these kinds of interviews. I love doing these kinds of interviews, but sometimes we get some pretty nasty weather uh, in Costa Rica where I'm located right now. And then I have power and internet issues. So right now, I'm just grateful for power and internet. <laughs> the weather. <laughs> Yeah, love Playa <laughs> Carmen. Love, great scuba diving there. Love it. Yeah, okay. Thank you. All right. Um, can you give us, before I let you go, give us two tips for new podcasters starting out? I'm going to give you a free reign with that one. Two tips for new podcasters starting a brand new YouTube channel. Love that. I would. I highly encourage you to post your, your episodes as premieres. Now, what's a premiere? A premiere is like a regular video upload and a live stream. But the two of them had a baby, and that's premiere, right? So you create the video, you upload it to YouTube, and you schedule it in advance to be released on a certain day at a certain time as a premiere. And then when it's... And, Make sure you follow best practices. Please don't avoid the best practices. Don't skip or half-ass uh, the effort on the thumbnail or the title. They're affectionately called the Power Twins. Uh, you're you're never going to convince someone to click on your thumbnail instead of someone else's without giving that the proper attention it deserves. Okay, uh, human beings at the end of the day, we're very vain creatures. We like pretty things. Uh, we don't want to waste our time on uh, content that we deem is not good enough. And unfortunately, uh, people will assume a terrible thumbnail uh, is representing a terrible video, right? So don't underestimate those items when you're packaging a video together. Give it a great title, give it a great great thumbnail. If you don't know how to do that, do some some research on YouTube. There's some wonderful videos out there on YouTube all the time that will educate you for free on those aspects, okay? And then schedule uh, your episodes out in advance as premieres, grab that video link and promote it to everywhere you possibly can to the right audience. Not everybody and their dog should be coming to your video. Only the targeted 
eyeballs that you're trying to attract should come to your video. Post it on social media, share it on email lists. If you don't have much of a presence on social media or you don't have an email list, other people in your network do. Ask them if they would be, uh, if they would consider promoting your very first episode, your first five episodes on this new channel. Promote it absolutely everywhere. And then after the video goes live, stop promoting the video link. Don't do that. There's some very negative unintended consequences that I don't have time to go into on this chat, but you can uh, promote the video link as a whole. That is a safer bet for you, okay? And do that for the first five, 10 videos, and you'll notice that your YouTube channel is you know, will generate some uh, traction with the right eyeballs. You wanna attract the right eyeballs, not mm -hmm. the most eyeballs. In business, you're not about trying to go viral. Uh, that's more for the entertainers. In business, you want to attract the right eyeballs, not the most eyeballs. So that was probably a lot more than two tips there, but that'll get you going. That's lovely. Thank you very much. And how can we get in touch with you? Uh, probably easiest to DM me on LinkedIn. I just find LinkedIn to be a lot more uh, mature platform than some of these other platforms out there. And uh, our website is yterra.com, y-t-e-r-a.com. And we've got a, uh, an online course at yt4business.com. Okay. All right. Thank you. And we'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you, Andrew Murdoch, for coming and speaking to us today on Tools of the Podcast Trade. Any parting shots? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. I, honestly, I really do believe that more podcasts, more businesses need to treat YouTube seriously. And I'm here to help and answer questions in any way I can. Um, I, I really do want to just come back to the that point that we uh, left, we mentioned earlier, uh, overcoming the fear of hitting the record button. Is, is vitally important in this day and age. Uh, people got to know you before they can like you. They got to like you yes. before they can trust you. And they got to trust you before they do business with you. And one of the easiest ways you can do that is hit the record button. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you. Got questions about podcasting? Do you find yourself struggling with the tools and strategies that you know will help you launch and grow your show? Why not join the New West Podcasters Club where you can get your questions answered by me or one of our guest experts. The link to our next meeting is below. Sign up today and don't let confusion about podcasting stop you from owning your genius. Whether you're an individual or a nonprofit, the New West Podcasters Club is where podcasters come for answers. Link below for our next meeting.